Welcome to the gathering at Adel. Today's message is by one of our elders, Pastor Jesse Tunnel. He's going to be finishing our series over Psalm 23. For more information about the gathering, please visit gatheringadel.org. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. Uh, Pastor Jeff gave me the opportunity to close out Psalm 23 with verse 6 today. Uh, which really is a great privilege and honor. I've been listening uh, to uh, Pastor Jeff uh, online. Such a great series, hasn't it been? Uh, he's done such a good job. In fact, uh, I I was thinking about this this morning. This is an honest statement. I think it's the best teaching series I've heard on Psalm 23. Uh, and so just a phenomenal job. So try to close this out. Could we read together uh, Psalm chapter 23? Um, I'm, not re- I'm really not trying to be weird when I do this, but when I read the Old Testament, especially the Psalms, when I see the word LORD in all caps, I'm going to always read that as Yahweh. Because it is his name, if you study the history, there was a replacement done because originally the Jews felt his name was too great to even speak or be written. And I feel like God is wanting to return us to a first name basis with him of intimacy, and he's worthy of his name. Uh, And so I read it that way, so I hope that doesn't offend you. So Psalm chapter 23 Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. Amen. Amen. So good. So we're going to look at these uh, last two segments of verse 6 and uh, receive some truth here. If you're taking notes and you want to write this down, number one, uh, based on the first part of verse 6, I would like to express this truth. Yahweh will pursue me with his love and goodness every single day of my life. Yahweh will pursue me with his love and goodness every single day of my life. Verse 6, first part, surely goodness and love, some of your translations will say mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. Could we uh, just take a little closer look at the words goodness and love or mercy Goodness is the Hebrew word tob, 
which is like one of those words like shalom, which is the peace of God, which when you start looking uh, in the Hebrew lexicon at the way that this word is defined, it's so big, it's so pregnant with life, there's so much to it that really... Uh, that's why we, we can have such mercy towards the people who took the amazing task on of translating from original language into ours because there are times where our language is just not sufficient to express the greatness of these words. But this Hebrew word, I just want to read some of the, the definitions here. Good, beautiful, bountiful, Pleasant, sweet, prosperity, welfare. Those are just, honestly, if you do some study this week, those are just a few of the many aspects. Goodness, beauty, bountiful, pleasant, sweet, prosperity, welfare. welfare. And when, when God is saying... Surely my goodness will follow you all the days of my life. He's saying, I will pursue you with goodness, with beauty, with being bountiful, with pleasantness, with sweetness, with prosperity, with welfare. So good. When we look at the word for love or mercy, it's the Hebrew word kased, right? And it's used all throughout the Old Testament when we talk about mercy or, or his love. And the, the word literally means loving kindness and mercy. Loving kindness and mercy. It's interesting because I don't think I'm alone in this. But when we start reading Psalm chapter 23, we don't struggle with these great truths. We, we never say to ourselves, oh, is the Lord really my shepherd? Is Yahweh really my God? It's just a given, right? We don't struggle with, uh, you know, he, lie, he makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. We don't even struggle, even though we don't like walking through the valleys, we don't struggle with the concept that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me, right? And we don't have to fear. We don't struggle with those things. But I find it interesting that many Christians begin to struggle and get restless when it comes to this concept that God's goodness and his love will follow after us and pursue us all the days of our life. It begins to stir something up in us that says, I don't know if I'm worthy of that. I don't, I don't know if I can accept that. Because we start listening to the accuser and we're like, if you'd have seen what I thought last Thursday, you would know that it would be hard for goodness and love of God to follow after me. If, if you knew what I did Friday night, or if you knew how I spoke to my spouse yesterday or on the way to church today, then, then surely goodness and love can't follow me into that situation. Would anybody just be uh, bold enough 
to say I struggle with the idea that the goodness and love of God actually follows me every day of my life? Anybody? Yeah, it's quite a few hands. I, I want to bring some revelation today because this is actually really important in our relationship with God. I want you to hear me. I wrote it down uh, specifically as the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. You cannot earn God's love and goodness because it's not something he gives. It's who he is. The reason why you struggle to receive it is you have grown up in a merit-driven culture, which I get it. I mean, from day one in preschool, if you act this way, you get M&Ms out of the jar, right? My mom used to call them smart pills. Isn't that funny? She was a first grade teacher. Come get your smart pills. And, and it just starts from there. And, and the rest of our lives, we're earning merits, whether it's in our relationships, our sports teams, our jobs, our church. Religion has been no different, uh, unfortunately, in the church. If you do this, then you can have this with God. If you just get to this level, then he'll fully accept you. If you can just do this and not do this, then you'll be loved by God. Right? But here, now, now this, this is important. I, I think this is really important. Our father is a good father. He is also, biblically from the teachings of Jesus, a very wise investor. So what we're not doing is taking away the sowing and reaping principle or the stewardship principles of Jesus. Because you will never get away from the fact that if you with perseverance and faithfulness, steward well what God gives you, he will bless you with more. That will never go away. However, when it comes to the mercy, the love, and the goodness of God, this is not something he gives. It is what he is. Right? I just want to read you uh, a few passages of Scripture. You can write these down if you want. If not, it's okay. Psalm 136.1, give thanks to Yahweh for he is good and his love endures forever. Psalm 105, for Yahweh is good and his love endures forever. First First Chronicles 16.34, give thanks to Yahweh for he is good and his love endures forever. Jeremiah 33.11, give thanks to Yahweh for he is good and his love endures forever. First John 4.8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. 1 John 4, 16, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Here's what I need you to understand. The goodness and the love of God is freely flowing and pursuing us on a daily basis because it's not something you're earning 
It is who he is. And he has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And that is why the love and the goodness and the mercy of God will be with you all the days of your life. It's not because you earned it. It's not because you did really good this week. You read your Bible. You prayed. You had six quiet times out of seven days. So you get mercy and love and kindness. No. Took some people to jail this week. They have just as much mercy, loving kindness, and goodness offered to them as the most holy person in the room today. Why? Because it's not based on merit. It's the substance of who he is. And aren't you glad? Are you hearing me? Holiness is of utmost value. It's a gift given to us. We have become the righteousness of God only because he who had no sin became sin. And now it is our responsibility to walk in a way that honors God with the holiness he's given. It's so important to persevere and be faithful and steward your family and all the favor God's given you. And he will bless you with more. Yes, but when it comes to his goodness and his love, it's freely given all day every day, and you have complete access through the one whose body was torn, which was the veil, Jesus. Does that make sense? So quit, quit accusing yourself. Quit letting the enemy condemn you or disqualify you from his loving kindness and his goodness. You didn't earn it, so you don't have the right to deny it. You don't. He's that good. Isn't he? All right, before we move on, we have to look at this word in the Hebrew for follow because it's such a pansy translation of the Hebrew word. And I don't take my word for it. It doesn't take, like, you don't have to have a seminary degree. You can just go get a Hebrew lexicon. You can get them online. You can get apps. Study this word out. But when it comes to this, this uh, Hebrew word, radoth, it literally means, you ready? To run after with hostile intent. To pursue, to chase down, and to hunt. How did we so sissify that into follow? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's why I think it's so... Listen, uh, the word of God is completely without error in its original form. Okay? There's been a lot of shifting and stuff through translations. And uh, so that's why, to me, it's important to learn to study uh, the original language. But isn't that good? So, so God's saying, the good, my goodness, my loving kindness, my mercy runs after you, hunts you down, pursues you. That's why we could honestly sing, his goodness is running after me. I felt religious spirits stirring. I, I can do that now. They're demons. And I felt them stir when we began to sing that. Because some people... In, in their false humility of religion, say, God's not going to run after me. His goodness isn't going to. I want to give you full permission to believe the word of God. His goodness and his loving kindness hunts you down. 
How often? Every day of your life. Is that not what it says? I think that's what it says. Surely, goodness, Tobe, and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. So here, here's the challenge. Some days we're not feeling it. Can we be honest? Some days we're not feeling the goodness and the love of God. So what about really crappy days? Anybody ever have those? Is God really saying that his goodness and his loving kindness follows me, pursues me, hunts me down on those days? You know what? I'm pretty sure that this marks not one of Jeff's favorite days he's ever had in the flesh. His goodness and love follows me, hunts me down every day of my life. I was on a shift Friday and Saturday this week. Friday, I got called to the front parking lot of the police department where a domestic disturbance was taking place. It was a teenage daughter and her mother, and they were so consumed in a fight as they drove down the road that the mom just happened to pull into the parking lot and call 911, and I went out there, and uh, the daughter's sitting in the car, and the mom's just weeping, and she says, I can't do this anymore. She's like, I can't be around her. All I do is discipline in her anger. She hates me. I, I have no hope. She's just weeping right there. And in my flesh, I was like, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> right? I mean, wow. One of them's bleeding. And then the kingdom of God begins to snap in my heart, right? And I'm studying this week, every day, the goodness and the loving kindness of God follows me and follows her and follows her. So I begin to speak hope and life into her. It's a hard job being a single mom. We talk, we talk about the kingdom she allows me to pray the peace, the comfort, the love of God over her. Then I go to the daughter. I talk about how difficult it is to be a mom and how difficult it is to be a teenager in a culture. And I offer her hope through the scriptures. And she allows me to pray over her. And so we're having church in the parking lot of the police station on a domestic disturbance call. Why? Because on the crappiest days... His goodness and his mercy kindness is still chasing us down. 
Doesn't it just revolutionize the way you think about your father and his kingdom being established? If, if you could just let go of the weight of you having to earn his love and just let that go and realize that you can't mess this thing up. There's nothing you could do to ever get him to stop his goodness and his mercy. You didn't get him to start it. You can't get him to stop it. All the days of your life. Why can we have confidence on the really bad days? Because if he is love and goodness, and he promised to never leave us or forsake us, then on the worst days of our life, we can have the love and the goodness of God freely accessed. Amen? All right. Here's what I would like to do. Uh, we're not finished. I know some of you just got excited in your heart. <laughs> but I would like to give this opportunity for anybody that wants to, right now, no hype or manipulation needed. But if you would just like to repent for any bitterness, distrust, or distance you have put between God because of a misunderstanding of your earning his favor and you just want to freely receive from the Holy Spirit the love of God in a fresh revelation, why don't you just go ahead and stand up right? It doesn't matter if not one person in this room stands up. It's between you and God. If you're just wanting to repent for any distance, bitterness, or a distrust that you've had through the Father, or you want to receive a greater understanding of His never-ending goodness and love, Father, for those that are standing with a repentant heart, I just join with you, Father, in pronouncing forgiveness over them through the blood of Jesus. They are your righteousness, forgiven, whole, completely near to you. For those of us who are standing longing for an increased revelation of love, I just want to pray what your scripture says, God, in Romans 5, 5, that you pour out your love into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. So, Father, I ask in the name of Yeshua right now that you would release from heaven through your Holy Spirit into the hearts of your sons and daughters an uncompromising, untouchable, unshakable understanding that they are loved because of who you are and not who they are. That you would continue to just completely rid their hearts of any of the merit system that's still left when it comes to your love and your goodness. And that you would remove the lens in the way that they see others of having to earn merit and love and goodness. That you would destroy that judgmental critical spirit and that what they freely receive, they would begin to freely flow in and freely give. Heal our hearts, God. Holy Spirit, any brokenness trying to hide right now with just the liquid love and fire of your Holy Spirit melt every heart right now. 
just filled with your love to overflowing. May every insecurity, every doubt about your love be bound right now in the name of Jesus and loosed by the power of his name. And may you fill them with an increased capacity to know how loved, precious, and pursued they are by you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. This second one is more brief. We'll just close with this. This last part of verse 6, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. Number two, if you're writing down these truths, I choose to remain in fellowship with Yahweh every day of my life until I see him face to face. I choose to remain in fellowship with Yahweh every day of my life until I meet him face to face. What I want you to understand, what I feel like is the heart of David here, is we, we've already done just, Jeff's done such a great job talking about the battles and the struggles, and this, this psalm is not for just the sunny days, right? But in the midst of all the things, all the battles, we are talking about David the murderer and adulterer used to be, right? Through all the things, the ups and downs, he makes a choice and he says, I will dwell. I will dwell with my father. It's personal to him. He says, I, I, David, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though he's in the midst of a generation that is not seeking God, he lives in the midst of a nation and a culture that is stiff-necked and keeps God at a distance. He's surrounded uh, by former and future kings, some who will love God and some who will do despicable things. It's Right? It's kind of like our situation today. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Doesn't, there's some of you in here that you will choose to dwell in the house of the Lord and it will actually make your spouse mad instead of embrace you. Jill and I, we've been in that situation before. Some of you, when you choose that I will dwell in the presence of God forever, it will actually cause more friction before it brings the comfort that you're seeking. It will have to be a choice that you make. I woke up this morning um, and I was not feeling it. Like I said, I mean, I, I, love, uh, I love the opportunity to get, but I worked on shift Friday and Saturday, which means a 4 a.m. wake up uh, to get to work in time. And so when my alarm clock went off early this morning, I was just like, God. And so I went and got my coffee, sat down on the couch, and I'm just like, I don't want to preach today. I really don't want to go uh, and do this thing with Pastor Jeff. 
I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, this is what my flesh is saying. Like, is there any way I can get out of this? You know, I'm just being a baby, sitting on the couch, petting my weenie dog, drinking coffee, going, man, I'm just not feeling it today, God. But I know that it's a choice. It's been a choice for a long time. So I chose to get my Bible, not for this sermon today, but for me, and to open it up. I'm on currently on John 15, and I'm reading the word about abiding in me, and I will abide in you, Jesus talking about. And I feel Spirit of God starting to minister to me. So I just start praying in tongues. Just praying, edifying my own spirit on the couch. And then I go back to the word. And then I go back to the prayer. And I felt the presence and the peace of God. This doesn't happen to me very often. But I began to shudder. You do that sometimes? The Spirit of God. Like my body was actually vibrating. Just shuddering at just the power and the love of God. And so I went from, I don't even want to go to church today, to being captivated by the presence of God through a choice. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? I'm going to make that choice tomorrow. When Jill and I get up again early morning to drive to Dallas to be with a friend who's having a surgery to cut a mass out of her body. And we're going to make that choice. Then we're going to make that choice Tuesday. Then we're going to make that choice Wednesday. Until I see him face to face. Because it's a choice you make. The word dwell. Yashab in the Hebrew. Which is so much like the Greek word. Meno that's in John 15. It is so loaded. It's such a loaded word. It, uh, there, it basically, is this okay? Can I have just a couple more minutes? It, it basically takes two avenues in the definition of the word. The first one is like a physical part, and it means to sit down, to remain, to abide, to wait, to endure. And to tarry. David said, no matter what's going on, I choose to dwell. I'm going to tarry here. I'm going to wait. I'm going to endure whatever is required. Because I'm going to be in the house of my God. Right? It's interesting. The second part of the word is more of a word picture. And it means to settle down. To marry. To put down roots, to make a family home. And if you follow it to its root word, it literally means to have children. And it, it's this concept of I choose to put down family roots here. And when David says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And when, when, the, when Jesus says, I'm going to my Father's house to prepare a way for you, when you study out those words, what it is, is it's a family home. 
That's why he says, I'm going to our family home and I'm preparing the room for you. And I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to be there with me. He's developing a concept of here's the ability to be in this family home. I choose to put down roots to settle in to the family home that God has offered me. I felt this is a strong word from the Holy Spirit this morning when I was studying. Some of you are spiritual gypsy nomads and you just wander. And I'm not talking about churches. It's one church, although that may be an aspect of it for some of you. Just no church ever meets your standards, so you go from one to the next to the next. But it's not always like that. I'm talking about more of the Spirit. You're like a nomad. It's like when you start to put down roots, it scares you. And so you're like, man, I got to keep moving. And I'm telling you, God is saying to you today, choose to put down roots in my house. Choose to be a part of the family, good, bad, and ugly, right? If we make our vows to our wife and we're able to look her in the face before we know how bad it's going to be and how good it's going to be in ignorance, and we're going to say to our spouse, I give myself to you in good, in bad, in sickness, and in health for richer or for poor till death do us part. How much more should we do with our bridegroom, Yeshua, and our father and say, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. I'm putting down roots. Because here's the deal. You will never find a home like him. You won't. You know why? Because you were created from him, for him, and you're coming back to him. No matter how it goes for you. No matter whether you willingly bow your knee in lordship, you will bow a knee in lordship to Jesus. You came from him and you're going to him no matter how it goes. You have the choice to have a home in him now. That's why he is the single place. I I have the best wife in the world, honestly. The best wife in the world, but she cannot be home for my soul. She can't. I didn't come from her, and I'm not going to her, and she can't satisfy me. And she's the closest thing heaven is ever going to attempt on that for me, right? He is the only place that you can be completely yourself and find goodness and loving kindness every day of your life. It's a choice to make your home with him. And I'll just close with this. And I think this might help you as you study the Old Testament. Because they're always saying, not only in the Psalms, but in the stories, that I want to dwell in the house of the Lord, right? Because that's all they had. 
They had a tabernacle, which was basically a movable tent along with them in their journeys, in which they had the Ark of the Presence, which was the Shekinah, which means the dwelling glory of God with people. So they set up the Ark, they put the tent around it, and they put the tent around it, and here's the tabernacle tent, and if I want to go be in the presence of God, I go to the tabernacle. And then eventually they cross in the promised land, they have a forever home, and so they build a temple. And then they build a better temple, right? And so for them, all they knew is if I want to go be in the presence of God, I have to go to the house of the Lord, right? Oh, but blessed saint of God, that in this day, what does the Bible say? You are the temple of the living God. You no longer have to go find the house of God. He came to you. And now you have the Holy Spirit, which is God in you. God lives in you. You no longer have to choose a dwelling place for God because he chose his dwelling place in you. Come on. And so when David's crying out, I want to go and be in the house of the Lord forever, his heart was saying, if I could just live in the temple with the smell of the incense, and if I could just be a part of that every day, I would, but he couldn't. He couldn't. But here is the beauty. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you think Moses had glory? It does not compare to the glory that is available through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you have the ability to live nonstop in intimate fellowship with God all day, every day, until you see him face to face. And the only thing that will ever stop it is you. Because he's always there. And he always wants you. How many would say, there's some days that my spouse doesn't want me? Okay, I'm the only one raising my hand. Okay. Someday, my kids don't want to be around me. Someday, my job would prefer a different person in my place. We all think we're irreplaceable until we're replaced. (laughs) Isn't that true? Like, look at, look at, this job couldn't happen. Oh, it does. Wow, look, don't even need me, right? But with him, all day, every day, he's hunting you down with goodness and loving kindness. Any inkling of desire that you have for your God, which I'm praying every day that grows stronger and stronger, is nothing in comparison to how much he wants to be with us. Go back to the garden. What did he want? He wanted some friends in the garden. And when they gave up that intimacy, what did God do? He retreated and stopped pursuing them. The next thing we have, he's walking, looking for them. Adam, where are you? He... He doesn't need anything. The trees clap their hands in praise. The stars and sun and moon sing his glory all day, every day, every day. He needs nothing. He wants you. 
He's weaving an entire lifetime of story to have your heart. And today's part of the story. His goodness and loving kindness hunts me down all the days of my life. And I will choose to dwell in intimate fellowship with Yahweh every day of my life. Amen. All right, let's close with this. If you would like to make that choice, and stop, stop. I, the liar and the accuser is already saying, why would you stand when you know tomorrow or you know it? Stop. If in this day you're saying, I choose every day, let's just stand and make that commitment to him. It's just a few of us in a church in Adel, Texas, what could possibly could that matter to the kingdom of God? Everything. Everything. You're so special. He orchestrated this day, this moment, this passage, this time for you to have this opportunity. Father, we... Um, empowered by your Holy Spirit, say today, we make the choice to dwell with you forever. Would you just tell them, if you, if you, if you can honestly, would you just tell them, no matter what, God, no matter what, good, bad, poor, plenty, doesn't matter. No matter what, God, we choose you. No matter what. Father, I thank you for this moment in the name of Yeshua, the risen Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I prophesy over my own heart and the hearts of my friends today that empowered by your Spirit, we will choose every day to dwell and enjoy you for the rest of our lives. The good, bad, the good days, the bad days, we choose to dwell with you. I prophesy in the name of Jesus an increased intimacy, even when they weren't looking for you, Father. You're going to reveal yourself to them in new and uncommon ways. Hallelujah. Even when they weren't creatively looking for ways to fellowship with you, you're going to begin drawing their heart into constant intimate fellowship with you. We're going higher and deeper with you. We're experiencing you like we never have before. You're bringing revival to our hearts and to our homes and to our churches. It's all for your glory. We want to give you what you want, God. We want to give you what you deserve. We want to give you friends. We want to give you confidants. We want to give you hearts that love you with all our strength and might and heart. We want to give you what you paid for, God. And we want to enjoy you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.